This morning I'm going to do a message called Emmanuel. It's a phrase that many of us know. And I just want to let all of you know this is our very first Christmas service together. That's exciting. We launched New Day on March 4th, and so we've been going for a little bit over nine months, and we're excited to see what God is continuing to do, so thank you for being with us. And we just recently finished a series of messages this past month called The Journey. I've been pretty much surprised at the response of people discovering and realizing that the journey is not about the destination, it's about a relationship with the Father. And when we fully understand that God is all about relationship, not destination, what happens is we start to embrace Him. We don't embrace the journey. And we know that's a cliche, just embrace the journey, but we are to embrace the one who is, we are following along that journey. And I know there is a number of you last week that began to experience freedom from discouragement and despair. I know how difficult this season can be for so many people. My wife included, she just lost her mother not too many months ago, and it's just a, it's a difficult season to push through at times for many people who have lost somebody, who are financially tight, or brings up a memory of someone that no longer is in your life. And my hope is that one thing stood out as we went through that messages or that series on the journey, that my, my hope is that one thing stood out and it will always keep on coming back to your memory, is that God is with you every step of the way. That no matter where you are right now in this life, no matter what you've done or where you've gone or where you are going, God is with you every step of the way. And He is leading us and He's guiding us and He's loving us and at time He is correcting us as we go. And it's a journey of discovery. It's a journey of faith and trust. Discovering who God is for you and who you are to Him. I want to make that clear is that you are discovering, we're all learning, every single one of us are learning, God, who are you for me? And it doesn't mean we're crafting a God in our own image, we're discovering who he is. So many of us know a side of God or a part of God, but just like an ocean, you can stand at the shore of the ocean, look out and go, man, that's an amazing, that, that, that ocean is amazing. And then you can dive in and go on an exploration, but it doesn't matter how long you're swimming for, you'll never fully explore the entire ocean. And God is the same way, the depths of who He is, the wonder of who He is, takes all of us on a place where we should explore, God, who are you? Because sometimes we have this preconceived in someone who is angry and disappointed and distant. Others see him as someone who is loving and someone who is drawing us closer to him each and every day. And I believe today that we will discover another beautiful aspect of who God is for us. And if we had to, if we were forced to condense all of what Christmas is all about into three words, I believe the three words we could say, God with us. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, it says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and she shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. My hope and my prayer is that those three words would mean something different to you when you leave this place. 
that you realize that when you leave, God is with you wherever you go, and he's not with you going, I dare you, just screw up, just, just screw up one more time, and I'm going to whoop you on your backside. That's not the God that's with us. The God that is with us is constantly calling us up into how he sees us and to who we are as sons and daughters. So he is with us, not just as a baby that was in a manger, but as Emmanuel, the omnipotent creator of heaven and earth who came to dwell amongst us as men, that he may save each and every one of us and bring us back into his family, calling us his sons and daughters, that we may be his people called by his name, representing him wherever he goes. That's what he did. Emmanuel means that God came and dwelt among us. The creator of all heaven and earth came and dwelt among us to become a man so that he could save us and bring us back into his family, calling us each sons and daughters, called by his name to represent him wherever we go. As I was doing this message, I was reminded of a story that I heard some time ago of a young boy who was looking in the clouds. And as they were driving, he picked his head out of the, the window and said, Mommy, is God real? Yeah, of course she's real, he said. Does God exist up there? And she's like, yeah, he lives in the heavens. And he said these words, he said, I just wish one day that he would just poke his head out and show himself to me. And how many times do I have questions from my daughters to say, what, what is God like? Who is he? What does he look like? And what the boy didn't understand, and at times I know we don't understand as well, is that God has let us all see him. We see him in the person of his son, Jesus, that we don't have to guess what God is like, nor do we have to wonder if he is alive. By sending Christ to this earth as a man, the heavenly father fully revealed himself that Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. And a number of weeks ago, I shared with us how sometimes we have this good idea or this good image of who Jesus is, but that he's protecting us from this big, bad, ugly God. But Jesus and everything you know about Jesus, who he represented on this earth, that is a, an exact representation of who our Heavenly Father is. So Jesus is not the calm, peaceful, loving one, and God is the angry, upset, just ready to, to spank us one. No, they are the mirror image of each other. I want you to see these words. They come from Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. And it says, Throughout our history, God has spoken to our, an our ancestors by his prophets in many different ways. Now look at this. It says, The revelation that he gave them was only a fragment at a time. Each and every one of us, as we read the Old Testament, we see the characters like Abraham and Moses, Jacob and Isaac and David. They only had a revelation of who God was, a fragment at a time, building one truth upon another. But to us that are living right now in these final days, God now speaks to us openly in the language of his son, in the language of a son. I love that because his language is who his son is. That's how he communicated to us. He is the appointed heir of everything, for through him God created the panorama of all things and all time. Look at verse 3. And it says, The sun is the day of days, 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 dazzling, dazzling, right? Dazzling? Okay. I can read. 
I couldn't always read, but I can read now. The dazzling, I should have read that earlier this morning. The dazzling radiance of God's splendor. Look at this. He is the exact expression of God's true nature. And so when you read about Jesus, I want you to know you are, you are learning about the Father. That Jesus even said these words, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That if you've seen me heal, you know the Father wants to heal. If you've seen me pick up a child and put, me on a, put a child on my lap, it's because the Father is just like that. That God is madly in love with us. He says that Jesus is his mirror image. He holds the universe together and expands it by the mighty power of his spoken word. And he has accomplished for us. Please receive this today. He has accomplished for each and every one of us, not just some of us, not just the ones that are religious, every single one of us, the complete cleansing of our sins. Everybody say complete. That's a very powerful term because it means that it's finished. It means that it's done. That what Jesus came to do to wash each and every one of our sins, He fulfilled that. Your sins have been completely cleansed. And then He took His seat on the highest throne at the right hand of the Majestic One. Now Jesus sits at the right hand. And as I was thinking about Christ, these words came to my mind. Is that It's the light of Christ whether you realize it or not, whether you know that it's happening in your life, whether you experience God thus in your life yet, realize this, that it's the light of Christ that guides you. And it's the love of Christ that comforts each and every one of you. You are standing and sitting here today because God got you through some, through some of the most difficult, challenging moments in your life, and maybe you didn't realize it was God. Maybe He did it through the means of someone else but you got comforted. It's the love of Christ that has comforted each and every one of us. And it's the power of Christ that transforms us. And it's the presence of Christ that fills us. That wherever you are, Christ is there with you. In the midst of your questions, God is with you. Sometimes we, we feel like God is annoyed by our questions or he pushes us aside because we have doubts and we have insecurities about who he's going to be for us now and before we, man, why do I struggle to trust God? God is with you in your questions. In the midst of the times that you've been persecuted, God is with you. In the midst of the times where we get to worship collectively, God is with you. Even in the midst of your need and your lack, God is what? He's with you. In the midst of your victory, we all know God's with us. In the midst of our doubt, God is with you. In the midst of the journey that you're on, God is with you. But I want to say this, in the midst of the time where you struggle with sin, God is what? No, absent. I'm just joking. <laughs> gotcha. But that's how at times we feel. It's like God must go, okay, wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. You, you sinned? Okay, we're, we're not in that game. No, no, no. He's with us because it's his empowering presence called grace that is going to cause us in our weakness to become strong, to stand and to become the very sons and daughters that he's called us to become. And sometimes we think when we struggle, sometimes we think when we've made a mistake or we have sinned and crossed the line, even if it's willingly, that God has now taken himself away from us until we clean ourselves up. And I want to remind you today in the midst of your doubt and the struggle and the victory and the good times and the bad, God is always with you. 
The name Emmanuel emphasizes the nearness of God who is now our Father. Christ's birth brought an infinite, holy God within reach of a finite, sinful man. Just think about all the, the ants that you've ever stepped on in your life. That they have, no, they have no clue this relationship between us and them because we live in two different realms. But if you became an ant to dwell among the ants, then they would realize your care and your love for them. And oftentimes we think God is so big, so beyond us, that he wanted to remind us it wasn't just a message that I was telling. I actually came in person to dwell among you to become just like you. And that God came to live within us so that we could allow him to live his life through us. I want you to see this for a moment, that God came to live where? Within us, not just among us. He came to live within us so that he, we could allow him to now live what he wants to through our lives. And oftentimes we get so fixated and stuck on, I just want to live for God. No, allow the God that dwells on the inside of you by his spirit to live his life through you and watch what happens. You now become a vessel that's not trying to be performed for God. You become a vessel that is being shaped and molded by the Father. And the Son of, the son of God became the Son of Man, that he might change the son of, sons of men to become sons and daughters of God. Did you see that? The Son of God became a Son of Man that He might transform those who are sons of men to become sons and daughters of the living God. That we can now access His presence, each and every one of us, with boldness. That I know that I can come before the Father 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, with boldness, knowing that the Father, by the sacrifice of the Son, has forgiven me and He has now granted me access, an invitation to now become near to him, to a throne of grace it's called, a throne where we experience his mercy and we experience his love. So Emmanuel, that term Emmanuel, it speaks of the incarnation of Christ Jesus, that God was man in the flesh. And G John describes this encounter in John chapter 1. Look at this, verse 14. I love these words. And it said that the word became what? Flesh. And he dwelt among us, that, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of what? Grace and truth. When Jesus came, he came and he brought grace, and he brought who he is, truth. I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. That he came and he dwelt among us. That's how much love the Father had for us that He would come and dwell among us. And that phrase, God with us, it's truly a truth that can tra transform each and every one of us from a common people into the people of God that are called by His name. Think about that. When God now dwelt among us, He was calling us into a relationship with the Father so that we could now become not just a common people, a people that were distant from people of God who are called by His name. And He looks at us with delight. Think about that for a moment. God looks at you with delight and says, that one's my daughter, that's my daughter. That's my son, that's my son, that's my daughter. I'm delighted in you. 
That's the message of the gospel is right there. Jesus is our Emmanuel at every stage of our spiritual life, throughout our entire journey, for he has promised to what? Never leave us, nor forsake us. And while this name only occurs three times in the entire scriptures, the truth that God is with us, it actually permeates the entire Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. In fact, as I was studying for this, I realized that Emmanuel was crystal clear even in the garden. That it said that God walked among them, Adam and Eve, that he was walking amongst them. His presence was felt. They were literally walking with the presence of God every single day. And it says these words in Genesis chapter 3, verse number 8, and I believe that this happens to many of us. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden of the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife, what did they do? They hid. And how many of you are hiding from God? How many of you are trying to fill so much of your life without God because you know that he's going to reject you anyways? Because you know, hey, I did something that was shameful. I don't deserve the love of God. I don't deserve the grace of God. I don't deserve the mercy of God. And so we hide. We hide by identifying ourselves with so many other things than coming to him and say, God, I need your mercy and I need your grace. And God was not walking around the garden ready just to, to smack him. He was like, whoa, 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 where are you guys? What happened? Our relationship, what took place? And they hid because they were filled with shame. In the Old Testament, Solomon asked this question in 2 Chronicles. It says this, 6 verse 18. He asked a question, he said, But will God indeed dwell with men on the earth? Behold, heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain you, how much less this temple which I have built. I want you to see this because this is a backdrop about what I'm about to share with you, is that Solomon had this amazing temple and says, Man, God, you can't even be contained in the heavens, and I think you're going to be contained in this temple that I built for you. When will you and how will you dwell amongst men? And Matthew answers that question in Matthew chapter 123. We already read it. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God is now with us. Think about it for a moment. The king of glory became the servant of men. He humbled himself to the point of death, even death on a cross. There is no greater illustration of humility in all of history. And the moment that we behold him, the moment that we come close to him and honor Jesus is the more that we want to be just like him. Jesus, when you encounter him, does not cause you to be filled with shame and guilt and condemnation. No, when you encounter Jesus, and that's why the religious looked at him and said, even the sinners and the tax collectors, they dine with Jesus. Why? Because when you truly behold who Jesus is in your life, you realize there's nothing you can do except surrender and just ask him that you would become just like him. And so God within us soon became, or God with us soon became God in us. I want you to see that. Put that on the screen, Nico, if you don't mind. That God with us soon becomes God in us. Now, this is huge because Jesus came to dwelt among us for the purpose of going to the cross to die for us so that ultimately he could say to his disciples, it is better that I leave and depart for when I'm gone, I will send my spirit now to dwell within you. 
Now, when we finally capture this and realize that by the Spirit of God, God now, when we receive Christ, He now dwells within us. We are the temple of the living God. Now, think about this because how many of us are striving and working and trying to become closer to God? How do you become closer than oneness? How do you become closer than God dwelling on the inside of you? Therefore, you now just simply surrender and receive that the Father, the creator of heaven and earth by the Spirit of God dwells within us. It's Emmanuel, God with us, who now becomes God in us to all who believe. And this is the divine mystery of the gospel. Colossians 1.27 says these words. To them, if you ever have a chance to read this entire chapter, I'd encourage you to do so. To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. That's the mystery amongst the gospel of those who were Jewish and those who were Gentiles of realizing now that, wait, wait, Jesus is on the throne. How does he abide within us? It's by his spirit. Now he lives inside each and every single one of us. He dwells within us. In the Old Testament, it was about God visiting his people. And they would set up a tent and they would worship God and he would fall upon them. Now it's each and every one of us who are sons and daughters have the spirit of God on the inside of us. So when we lift our hands and we start to give praise and we start to give thanks, guess what? We infuse the entire place with his presence. So his presence is wherever you go. It's not, Lord, come. It's, Lord, just express yourself through my life. And if the presence of God is living on the inside of you, guess what he comes with? Joy and peace and righteousness and goodness and favor all dwell within you. Amen? And that is the mystery of the gospel. It's something that we can't fully comprehend. But when we finally get the revelation of it, we start to live differently. No longer am I seeking to become closer to God. I'm seeking for God to have more of who I am so I could live this life completely filled by his presence. And if God is in us, then we all better believe that God is for us. How is he going to be against someone that he dwells in as his temple? Look at Romans chapter 8, verse number 31. You got that one? Romans 8, 31. Oh, did I not put it up there? It says, what shall we say then to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? I just want to remind you of that today. I don't know what you're facing off with. I don't know the challenges that you're going through. I don't know who maybe is against you, but I want you to be reminded, if God is for you, well, let me just say it like this. God is for you, so who's going to be against you? At the end of the day, he is going to carry you through. He's going to bring you to a place where you are delivered from the very thing that you're going through. I know it's difficult to see the light at the end of the tunnel or it's in front of us. But when you realize that the God who is now with you is the God who now dwells within you, it's the same God who is for you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? It says, He did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all. How shall He not with Him also, also freely give us all things? So it's good to remember that Jesus is our Emmanuel. Wherever we are, whenever we feel abandoned or lost or even at times where we feel like we're victorious and we're living the good life, in whatever circumstances, 
And through whichever we're going, Jesus is our Emmanuel. He is with us. And our Emmanuel is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he came to earth as Emmanuel so that he might die, that we might live in him. And I thought this was interesting. It may not be interesting to you, but look at this screen. I want you to see how this um, word Emmanuel has both man and God in it. Can you put that on there? And it, no, keep on going. Keep on going. Yeah, right here. Look at this. Emmanuel speaks of humanity of man and his divinity being God. As I want you to know that he dwelt among us. He knows the weaknesses that we face. He knows what it's like to be a man, but he's also God. And he's also this very one that can save and deliver you. He can, he can deliver your marriage. Not you from your spouse. <laughs> he can deliver your marriage from a place where it's ready to crumble to a place where it's thriving. He can deliver your kids. Why? Because he's what? Emmanuel. He's with your kids. They may be wayward and walking away from the things of God and everything in you, you either bite your tongue or you don't and you're just having a difficult time trying to get them back on track. Leave it in the good hands of Emmanuel. And to realize that in your situation where you're going, whether it's on your job or in a relationship, he is both man who now sympathizes with our weaknesses, but he's God who can do something about them. Jesus is our Emmanuel. When we're fearful, when we experience spiritual warfare, when we take our last breath and enter eternity, he's with you. And that we can move forward in God's will and be assured of God's presence that if he be, us, before, be with us, who can be against us? And I love this, before Joshua began the conquest of going around Jericho, and they walked around that for seven days. And that last day they walked around seven times and shouted and those walls fell, fell down. I want you to hear the exhortation that was given to him. And I want to make the same exhortation to you wherever you go into the places that God has called you. Because often, many of you know that you're called to do something for God. You have ministries and giftings on the inside of you. But what happens is, is that we're fearful. And fear takes over and fear tells us, no, don't go that way. No way. Don't you dare step out there. No, don't you dare write that book. No, don't you dare begin to put that on the, the internet. No, don't you dare pray for people. Don't you dare share the gospel. And fear grips us and pushes us back. And I hope that these words that encourage Joshua would encourage us just as well. It says, and it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and he looked and he behold. A man stood opposite of him with a sword drawn in his hand and Joshua went to him and said, Are you for us or are you for our adversaries? And he said, No. But as, your commander of, but as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and he worshipped him and he said, What does my Lord say to his servants? And then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandals off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy, for God is with you. 
I want to remind you, too, that we are called to take territory wherever we go. I believe in this house at New Day, God is raising up sons and daughters who realize this is not about building a church. We are not here to build a church. We're not here to have a social club. We are here to learn about what it means to be a son and daughter. So when we leave these doors, we are a light to a dark world. We are a salt to a world that desperately needs preservation. And we go with the anointing of God. And when we go, we know this. My God is with me. Everywhere we go, our Father is with us. So it's not about you. It's about Him now working and living His life through you. It's about Him praying for people through you. It's about Him encouraging others through you. It's about Him using you to go do the very things that Jesus Himself did while He was on this earth. And so what do we do when we face off with trials? What do we do when we have bad news? Do we flee because of fear speaks so loudly? Do we start to complain and start to go, God, where are you and when will you come through? Or do we run to a place called Emmanuel, a tower where we know God is with me? And if God is for me, who can be against me? So you know what? And just like I showed the other day, I put two chairs here. And there's an old gentleman who went to home be with the Lord, and he said every time he would be overwhelmed with these challenges, he would place a chair there, he would place a chair here, he would sit down and say, you know what, enemy, if you're not going to stop playing games with my mind, I'm going to make you worship with me right now. And so he sat on a chair and he said, you are going to watch me praise my God in the midst of this great turmoil. And sometimes we just have to do the same thing as knowing that God is right there in the midst of us. The secret place or the secret of peace is not a plan. It's not a program. It's not more money. It's not a church. It's a person, and his name is Emmanuel. And that Emmanuel means that God is with you. Look at these words from David in uh, Psalms chapter 9, verse 10. All right, I, I did that one wrong. So that's Romans 31, Nico. Keep on going. Okay, skip that. Let's go here. <laughs> Nico, you did it wrong. Not me. Okay. Psalms 9.10 says this, And those who know your name, his name is what? Emmanuel. Those who know your name, they will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Knowing and trusting in his name, Emmanuel, is the antidote for fear. It's realizing that God is with me every step of the way. When Israel fared the giants in the land that God had promised them, Moses reminded all of them, the Lord is with us, do not be afraid. And when danger threatens us and calamity strikes, we can be assured that Emmanuel's presence and his power is with us wherever we go. I want to remind my kids that when there's fear that grips them from going into maybe school for the first time or entering into something that they know, we know they have giftings to do, but they're scared to do it. Man, God's with you, Summer. God's with you, Carly. God's with you, Sarah. That you guys can do this because God is right there with you. And how often do we just not do something because we just don't think we're adequate enough or we have enough going for us? I love how David said it like this in Psalms 23.4. I'm not sure if that's on the screen. It says, it probably isn't. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of what? I fear no evil for you are what? With me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. In Isaiah, God tenderly exhorts all of us with these words. You can go to that one, Nico. I know that one's there. I saw it up there. Isaiah 41.10. Nope. Yep. It says, fear not, for I'm what? 
I love that it has nothing to do about circumstances. God does not come and go, hey, everything's going to be cool. Uh, I'm just going to rid your life of all the problems and all the circumstances and those giants. Don't worry about them. They're harmless. No, the giants are real. The mountains are real. The problems are real. But fear not, for I am with you. It's like a little brother who has a big brother at high school. And that little brother gets picked on sometimes. And that big brother comes alongside and goes, what are you doing? And the kids walk away because they realize they don't stand a chance with the big brother. And I want us to realize no matter what we face, we have someone that goes, hey, calm down. We're going to be good. I'm with you. And that's what he constantly is reminding his children all the time. Fear not, for I'm with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God, and I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Can somebody say amen? And so when fear knocks at your door, may get God, God grant us the grace to stand in faith as we open that door. That we're not scared to open the door that says, you have a problem today. And I just want to commend everybody that was serving here at New Day today. We had a problem. It was called a parking problem. <laughs> but I've preached it many times. God doesn't see problems. He only sees what? Possibilities. And I loved how Steve Shapiro, he started picking up everybody that would go to the wrestling match. He started driving them over to the end. And just that moment of love, that moment that he had with them, it could have been an opportunity, a possibility for them to experience, threaten us. They shouldn't scare us. Why? Because we have God on our side. Amen? And so when fear comes knocking at the door, open it up with confidence, knowing who's behind you. And declare with confidence, my God is with me. He will strengthen me. He will help me in a time of trouble. And he will uphold me with his righteous right hand. Emmanuel enables us to fight our battles by his power and not ours. It's not by might nor by power, but by the spirit, says the Lord. And God has promised all of us his constant presence. But my question for you this morning is, are you aware of his presence? How often we can go throughout our whole entire day, and I just, re, re, I think it was three days ago on Wednesday, I sat down, and it was Wednesday afternoon, and I just realized, God, it's been six hours since I've woken up, and I haven't even acknowledged you today. Now, it's very rare for my own personal walk with God, but when I realized it, I felt like my heart broke, like, holy cow, God, your presence is with me everywhere I go. He's in the car. He's in the shower. He's, he's when you're getting ready. He's at your place of your work or your place of employment when you're at home, when you're in the hospital. He is with us every single day. And those is where, that's where I realized Paul said, man, pray at all times. Why? Because he's always there. And I just had that moment of realization, holy cow, you've been with me every single moment of this day, and it's the first time that I acknowledged your presence is with me. Because when you're conscious of his presence every day, you will experience peace that you could never experience before. When you hear bad news and you remind yourself, God, I thank you that you're with me in the midst of this bad news, it changes how you approach that bad news. While I'm thinking about it, be praying for our sister June. She's supposed to get out on New Year's Day. She's been in there for almost four weeks. How many weeks? Six weeks. She's been in the hospital. She is in rehab. And we're praying this, that a miracle of God would happen because the very medications that she needs 
The insurance right now is not providing it and is $3,700 a month. Yeah. And so we are praying that God somehow by his grace and his mercy would show her and extend favor to her where somehow the insurance pays for it or something takes place, a miracle of God. So be praying for her. You cannot be in his presence without experiencing his beauty and his love and his power and his glory. And guess what? When you're in somebody's presence, guess what eventually happens? They rub off on you. But how do you practice being conscious of his presence that God is with you? I just want to encourage you with this. Is start by seeing God with you in whatever circumstance you face and wherever you are at. Begin to acknowledge and I know it sounds weird, especially maybe to the men in this room, but I want to encourage you to use language like this at times is, Abba, I thank you that you're here with me today. Father, I thank you that you got my back today. Guys, I, I experienced it for two years as I talk about that whole stripping process. The thing that comforted me so much was God was with me every step of the way, and I knew he was not the one that was keeping me from it, like he was orchestrating it. But I knew that he's always good and he always has my best in mind. So I know, God, if you're with me and you're allowing me to go through these things, I just thank you that you give me the strength to walk this through. And it comforted me every single day, knowing at times things were difficult, times things were stressful. And that, God, I wake up and I go, God, you're with me today. And I can't wait for the adventure that we have this morning or this day. I have no clue what's going to take place. But, God, thank you for being with me every step of the way. I want to close with this story this morning, and as I close, I'm going to invite the kids to come on up. You guys can go out the hallway and down the other hallway so you guys can not be too distracting. I want, you to re I want to read this story to you. I know we all have well, our, our preconceived thoughts and judgments of this story, but I want you just to see the, the heart of this story. Just recently, I read a story about a wife and a mother who became a wife She's also a mother who became very depressed. So depressed that without notice, she left her kids and her husband. Her husband tried to find her. He called her friends. He left her numerous voicemails. And he sent her men, numerous and several texts. And he never got a response back. So the next day, he hired a private investigator to go search for her. In a couple of days, the PI informed the husband that he found his wife. She was in a local motel. You know the kind with all those things that take place there for a couple hours. The husband jumped in his truck and immediately drove to that motel and he went to her room and he knocked on the door and surprisingly, she answered the door. And after staring awkwardly at one another, he, they hugged and they cried and he asked if she was ready to come home and without saying a word, she grabbed her belongings, quickly placed them in the back of his truck. And as they were driving home, he said, I just have to ask you, I called so many times, I left voicemails and text messages, why did you never respond? Why then when I showed up, did you suddenly respond so quickly and just come with me? Why now? And she replied, it's one thing to get your text and your calls, but when you showed up, that's what really made the difference. When you showed up, I know that you actually cared about me. And over the course of the history, God has sent messages through his word and prophets and things declaring about God. But you know what made a difference? Is when God showed up. 
and he sent his son named Jesus. And I want to encourage you all that at some point in your life, God will show up to your motel room. And he's there not to go, what are you doing? He's there to go, are you ready to come home? Are you ready to come back to where you belong? Are you ready to come back to a relationship with me? Because it's only then that sometimes we know that God cares. Because religion doesn't change anybody. New Day is not about religion. It's not about you jumping through a number of hoops to be a part of what God is doing here. My prayer each and every weekend is that God meet your people, whoever they are, right where they're at. Because sometimes you may feel so guilt-ridden and so condemned over how you've lived your life that you're like, God wants nothing to do. I'll just sit back here, go in and go out, but I'm here for, I don't know why I'm here. Maybe your wife brought you here or your husband brought you here. But I want to remind you, God is the God that goes to that motel, motel room, opens the door and says... Are you ready? Are you ready to come home? Because I sent one person after another and you never got the message. But I want you to realize Jesus is Emmanuel. He is with each and every single one of us wherever we go. You're never going to escape his presence. And eventually I believe it's the goodness of God that will lead all of us to repentance. That finally will just surrender is that sheep that was lost that the shepherd came and found, found that one and says for the joy he found it and threw it on his shoulders and he told everybody about the fact that he found that one sheep. He wasn't excited about the 99 that he still had. He was excited that he found the one that wandered. And you may be that one that have wandered. Maybe you have wandered to a place where God is no longer in your life. You, you, you learned how to live life without God without realizing how much he loves you and without embracing him each and every day. And I want to invite you as we sing this song, in your own place, in your own seat, to say, God, I want to come back. I want to come back to you. I've been gone for such a long time, and I want to come back to you. So would you allow God to use these young kids to minister to you? And allow God to speak to you. Maybe it's not that you've walked away from God. Maybe it's, man, you just are trying to push through this mountain on your own. Just whisper those words, Emmanuel, God, you're with me. And I just recognize your presence and I need your strength. So wherever you're at, would you please just stand as these kids lead us in a time of a song. And then Rachel is going to finish us off and I'll come back off. I'll come back up and I'll pray for you and give us instructions about how we can bless the single